It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Flyers podcast for Monday, April 3rd, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content. It feels like we're in a little bit of a deja vu situation here with the results of these two weekend games. Yeah, I mean, there's no flow or anything going on right now. Yeah, some uh, similar problems we are going to talk about, as well as name our nemesis of the week, all on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who is on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown Flyers. That is where we post about our latest episodes. You can also email us at lockdownflyers at gmail. We do a mailbag almost every week, so get us your burning flyers questions. Subscribe or follow for free over on YouTube, wherever you listen to your podcast to get the latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, I want to start off things on a a fun note here because I thought that the uh, way that they honored Steve Coates, Mm -hmm. Coatesy, on Saturday uh, prior to the Buffalo game. It was just so lovely. Like everything that they did, having Tim Saunders MC the ceremony, wearing the warm-up jerseys um, to honor him. That custom golf cart was so cool. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, you don't want to ever say this because it shouldn't be, but it was the highlight of their season. It really was. Even even Travis Konechny sort of mentioned, you know, how great it was. Like. It was really, really, really good, and uh, Steve deserved it, and Flyers fans deserve to have a little fun, too. Yeah, and I love that they renamed a bar in the lounge after him, Coatsy's Corner. I know, but it was just still, like, the fact that they actually went out and did it, I think that was was really cool. And, um, you know, like I said last week, I did attend the game in yeah. Pittsburgh uh, up in the press box and literally everybody on the Penn side, you know, was coming up to him and shaking yeah. his hand and saying congratulations and, um, you know, we're going to miss you and all of that stuff. So just like there's a lot of love for Coatsy out there, which is really cool. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he's a character. He's 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 been at it for a long time. Of course. Yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah, so that was really cool. Uh, they did make it officially official that Sean Couturier is going to sit out the rest of the season, something we've said he should yep. do. Um, but good to see that, you know, cooler heads have prevailed. And despite, you know, Couturier's real intense desire to get out there, of course, who wouldn't? He's a professional athlete. Um, but I think it's No, the right it's call. the right call. I mean, you at this point, there really is nothing to gain. Nothing. Yeah, I mean... You know, the broadcast said, um, this might have been 
Tim Saunders on the radio, who's really insistent that, you know, he just wanted to see where the level set was with him or where the starting point was with him. But to me, that's still too much risk. Yeah, it's a load of risk for very little reward. He's been out there practicing with the team. Let him take that into the offseason and actually be healthy because if he were to tweak something else, it would cause mayhem. I think so, too. Uh, uh, on the flip side, Travis Konechny was back in action this weekend and, uh, you know, he scored in, in both games, uh, later in the game when, you know, in one case they weren't coming back in another case, they could have maybe, <laughs> but, uh, it was good to see him get on the board. Uh, one thing I will say, though, is that he is so hard on himself in this circumstance. And um, after the Pens game, John Tortorella talked about it specifically that there's this like fine line you have to walk with Travis Konechny that you want to push him to be the best that he can be because he's a good player. But at the same time, like you can't show too much disappointment right. in him when he makes a big mistake like that penalty in the third period against Pittsburgh, just because, um, you know, he's just so hard on himself and it's going to bother him. And Travis Konechny was also available post game. And that's the, one of the first things he said was like, yeah, I really messed up. And you're like, you're just coming back from injury. You scored in both games. Like you got like, there's yeah, this weird balancing act with him. Yeah. You can't kill mm-hmm. him on that. I, I get it. He's not exactly the right Travis Connecty. I could we could see that, but he's trying. That's that's all you can do. Yeah, and, and that's what John Tortorella said too. I just thought the whole discussion about it was really yeah. interesting about how you have to work with a guy like Travis Connecty, who is clearly very talented, but has a, a extremely high expectations for himself that can at some times be a detriment. Yeah, no question. He definitely, uh, this could be, you know, a a maturation for him uh, because he definitely was his always, it was always his own worst enemy, always. The other uh, situation I want to talk about is Carter Hart still being hurt. Um, You know, Sam Erson getting the emergency call up and playing in Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, obviously we got Felix Sandstrom in the Buffalo game. And I, I think that, um, you know, both goalies performed mostly good with like a couple of plays yeah. here and there that maybe you want to take back, but it is concerning kind of going into the waning weeks of the season and not having a clear picture on where Carter Hart might be, at least at the moment in terms of, you know, does he just need the off season to like recover and he'll be fine again? Or is this like a thing, right? Moving forward. And is he going to do like we've been saying on the show, Russ, and you specifically about needing to find, nail down a a backup goalie that can play more games. Yeah. I think that's really the key because, Whoever it's going to be has to play more games. Um, we thought this was just kind of like a respite for Hart, but clearly they wouldn't call up anybody on an emergency basis if they were just resting him or load managing. So he must have a tweak of his you know, groin or his knee. Either way, it's not great. And it probably has to do with, you know, overuse. Uh, not every goalie is built to start 60 games anymore in a season. That's just the way it is. With and and. You know, to be fair to Hart, uh, 
he's still not like the biggest, strongest kid. He's still pretty thin. Now, Ryan Miller was also thin. He's not Ryan Miller. Thin, but right. Ryan Miller played in a different era, too. They're all crashing in that now. And so, yeah, he should never play more than like 52, 53 games. Never. Yeah. And again, that's something you know, you've been talking about for Years. quite a while now. <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> and that uh, I think that you know, whoever they go with as the backup is going to have to be able to handle a, a decent load. And I don't think this is unique to no. the Flyers. I think there are a lot of teams that are in a, a 1A, 1B situation, and this is what we're talking about here. Um, but I think where other teams have maybe done the manage, goalie management better than the Flyers in terms of choosing which games the 1B plays and not wearing out or grinding out you know, your top goalie. You know, the Flyers have the people to make these decisions. And so I have to say that John probably overrode it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think, you know, we can only guess what goes on behind closed doors there. But uh, I do think that the Flyers have to reconsider their goalie management, you know, and load responsibility a little bit more and include that in their decision making with uh you know whoever gets that one b spot next season yeah like as an example um this is the most amount of shots he's ever faced in his career 1441 so far last year he faced 1304 because he only played in 45 games so you kind of do have to ramp a guy up to it too he was on pace for 58 games well, is on pace for 58 he was probably on pace for 60 before they stopped using him. Right. so that, that's not good no, it is not. All right. Well, there's still a lot more to talk about, including, do we dare say, talking about the power play no. and, and such. But uh, we will get to all that coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories for your car, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to My Garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's up, guys? Trey Matthews of Locked on Devils here. And let me tell you about Discover Debit Cash Back. Wings for the game? Boom, cash back. New lucky jersey? Boom, cash back. Even a last-minute ice run could score you some cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cash Back Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look in sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the W, but you know what's a guaranteed win? Discover Cash Back Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees, period? I'm telling you, this one is a real game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank member FDIC. So, Russ, uh, the dreaded power play for the Flyers. Uh, 
not good. Uh, did not get a proper power play goal in this uh, two game series. And I, you know, no again, excuse. after the game, yeah, there really isn't. And after the game in Pittsburgh, James Van Riemsdyk was asked about it uh, post game. And, you know, he basically said, you know, it's not the time to talk about this in terms of the wholesale changes to make to it. And it seems very. Yes, yes and no. But uh, just based on his tone when he when he said it, uh, I think it was more like he doesn't want to rag on fellow players. Yeah, he'll wait for um, breakdown day for that because, again, he'll be out of town. <laughs> but, I mean, I'm just saying that yeah. he, could, oh, he could take I, some responsibility, though. He could for himself because. Well, he, did, he, does, he does. He does do that. Yeah, I, I think mean, he so. has ten goals this year. Ten. He has two power play goals. Until he got a point in the Pittsburgh game on the Delorier goal, he hadn't had a point in at least four games, and it's probably more if I expand the log. Yeah, it's like five games. Well, it's four. Yeah, it's it it is interesting because it feels like everybody knows there's this wholesale issue with a power play and that things are, you know, are not good. And I think that they're in this weird spot where they're trying to say, well, it's the personnel, but then they don't want to like say what specifically about the personnel that are on the power play that are, that is the problem. And you know, we've talked about coaching and even, you know, suggested that maybe bringing in a a power play specialist that's not Rocky Thompson, um, you know, even if Rocky Thompson is still an assistant coach, but doesn't focus on the power play, that's okay too. It's just that it seems like from everything that's out there, Tortorella has confidence in Rocky Thompson and to the point where, you know, he's talking about giving Thompson the bench for a couple of the games for the remainder of the season, just like he did with Brad Shaw. And I don't know if that's like to make it equal, but it does seem to suggest that there's confidence in the coaching staff. But there, there shouldn't be. Because again, if I look at the power play, um, like Edmonton has 85 power play goals. You know, Colorado has 60. The Flyers have 33. 33. Yeah. And it, it's, it's not personnel. Because to be honest, a lot of the personnel is going to be here next year too, so you can't use it as an excuse. It is coaching. It is a problem. You can't say, you know, again, this is a problem that I have, have having torts trying to um, temper the fan base for something that they're clearly awful at, and they're awful at it every game, and it's been all season, and they're worse than the league in it. Like, just own it and at least say, we're working on it, and we don't want this to carry into next season. But they don't say that. They expect it to be magically fixed next year. Yeah, I don't know if they expect that. But they also, I think, are just kind of washing their hands of it for this season and saying, like, let's see what happens next season. And, you know, I, I there's just a, a disconnect there that is really concerning to me. But... You know, uh, at the same time, I feel like there were some brighter spots with some, like when Tyson Forrester was up and and stuff like that. So 
I, I feel like there is some potential there for things to get better, but it's a giant question mark as far as I'm yeah. concerned moving yeah, yeah, forward. Sure. Um, I think the other issue, again, that we've talked about ad nauseum, and that's why at the top of the show, I'm like, this game is lather, rinse, uh, repeat, you know, these games because of the shooting yeah. accuracy. And if you look at the underlying numbers for both these games, you know, the Flyers actually were pretty good, getting a lot mm -hmm. of chances, um, getting getting some high danger shot opportunities, you know, making space for themselves. Um, you know, obviously the Sabres and the Pens are very different defensively, but still, uh, you know, and Tort said it as well, you know, he thought that they got a ton of chances versus the pens that were really good. Casey DeSmith had a really good game, but a, a certain at a certain point, you just have to say, well, uh, you got to get it past him. Yeah, I mean, right? or at least hit the net. Like you can't, if you don't hit the net, you mm -hmm. can't score. And one of the messages from the coaching staff to the players, certain players especially, should be this offseason is, listen, you need to work on your shot. You need to work on your shooting accuracy. If that requires getting a shooting coach, then get a shooting coach. We'll recommend one to you. But you need to practice this just because you've been in the league for, and you could say X amount of years. Um, Claude Giroux did this and improved even in his in the middle of his career. It can be done, and it should be done. That's it. That's my speech. I don't think it's happening though. Yeah, I could not agree with you more in terms of this particular yeah. aspect of the Flyers game. They just have to make a decision on who they're going to invest the chances in. Chances are there, like you said. The chances are there. Yep. Yeah, like like I said, they just have to decide who they're going to invest in and get them the coaching that they need this offseason. Uh, you know, especially in that Pens game, you know, early Noah Cates made that great play for a turnover that Wade Allison can't, can't bury capitalize on. Yeah, and then there was a couple of two-on-ones later in the game. Uh, Frost and TK specifically had one play on the four-on-four um, I, there was just some really key opportunities that if that goes one way or the other, now there was that fluky goal that, you know, that bounced around Urson that I've just, I felt so bad for him, but you know, that, that game changes tremendously. And, uh, you know, if, if a, even one of those goes in, right. Yeah. You just, the, the thing with the flyers is this, you can't have a whole team of Wade Allison's, meaning 6'2", 200 pounds, they skate okay, they play tough on the corners, they occasionally get breakaways. You have to bring in some skill guys. So my underlying answer to the Flyers for that is, if you have to bring in some smaller guys, then that's what you're going to have to do. You're not going to win by having a team of behemoths that can't score. The teams that have size that could score, those guys could also skate and do other things. The Flyers have guys that could do one thing or two things. And that's where they really have to change because again, it's not about um, even cycling well and playing with structure. Sometimes it's about making a great play yourself, taking the puck down the ice, taking a shot and having it go in. And it doesn't happen a lot with the Flyers if you think about it. Yeah. Uh, I think that is a, a huge, huge problem here. And uh, I, but again, I don't think it's, you know, a, a problem in perpetuity. No, it's, it's fixable. fixable, but they have That's to the... be open to it and thinking that way. So in other words, I'm saying, you know, John Tortorella has to sort of ease up a little on his system and allow some of that to happen. It's not all going to happen off of great defense. It's not. Some of it will, but all of it, no, it won't. 
Yeah, I, I think you are correct there. Um, you know, I, I think now that we're in the eliminated from the playoffs era of the rest of this season, there are certainly a lot of things that they could be working on. We're going to talk about that more uh, over the next couple of shows uh, in ways that they can utilize these games to kickstart next season and really figure out where they're going. Uh, but it is Monday. And of course, we will have our nemesis of the week. And that is always a favorite segment of mine on this show. We will do that coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you by AG1 by Athletic Greens. Keeping up with proper nutrition is really hard. You're busy, you're stuck at your desk, you're eating whatever you can just to get through your day. But what if you could start your day with the ultimate daily nutritional insurance? With a single scoop of AG1 in a glass of water, you can do just that and absorb 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. Athletic Greens was created when the founder experienced a ton of gut health issues and ended up on a complicated supplement routine to recover. It cost him $100 a day, which isn't sustainable. He created Athletic Greens after experiencing how difficult it was to create an optimal nu nutrition routine on your own for just around $3 a day. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D, and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. What's up, guys? Trey Matthews of Locked On Devils here. And let me tell you about Discover Debit Cash Back. Wings for the game? Boom, cash back. New lucky jersey? Boom, cash back. Even a last-minute ice run could score you some cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look in sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the W, but you know what's a guaranteed win? Discover Cashback Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees, period? I'm telling you, this one is a real game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. All right, Russ, uh, our nemesis of the week this week. And if you're newer to Locked On Flyers, each and every Monday, we look at what's going on in Flyers land in the world of hockey and say, you know, what is bothering us the most? What is making us the most nervous or apprehensive for the week? Last couple of weeks, uh, we talked about loser points two weeks ago. Winner points was the nemesis last week because they were racking up all those points. Uh, we do, uh, In terms of the lottery positioning, they had uh, two regulation losses this weekend, so not as much of an issue. Um, uh, you know, I have two nemeses this week. I couldn't decide between them. Uh, the hockey nemesis of the week is figuring out how to utilize these games effectively, right? Uh, for the remainder of the season and, you know, using them as tools to really fine tune what your off season plan is. And if I'm Danny Breer, that's what I'm doing. But it's, uh, you know, the Flyers' track record on this the last couple of years. Granted, you know, different management, uh, but they're trying to do all this while 
they're making wholesale changes to the management. And I think that's really hard to put together a plan while you're doing that at the same time. Well said. Um, So here's mine. Mine is very simple. I think John Tortorella needs to stop talking about Sean Couturier and Cam Atkinson coming back and making the penalty kill better next year. That's a hope. The Flyers have had these hopes for the last couple of years. They've been hoping on Sean Couturier for a couple of years. It's no slight to Sean. It's just the way it is. And with Cam, he missed the whole season too. So again, the hope that your penalty kill gets better is really, it's really far-fetched. You're going to wait until these guys come in camp, get through camp, look healthy, and they can actually play these minutes before you decide that this is what's going to cure your penalty kill next year. You can't tell your new GM, Danny Breer, that this is what's going to cure the penalty kill next year because hopefully he will say, well, what if they don't play? Somebody has to ask that question. And somebody has to come to the reality of, hey, if they play, our penalty kill could be amongst the best in the league. But we have to somehow have a plan to prepare without them. The Flyers never have this backup plan for anything. They haven't had it in the Fletcher era. And so far, they're not showing me they have it in the Tortorella era. So they need to start thinking that way in definitive terms and not having just hope. Yeah, I think uh, obviously having a backup plan and a backup plan to the backup plan was a huge problem under Chuck Fletcher. I'm not willing to like make a judgment yet on whoever is the GM. No, I'm not making a judgment, but I'm saying it's a good time to implement that. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that, yeah. Um, But like I said, it's going to be a challenge when you're trying to do all this and put in a new management in in place at all at the same time. Uh, My sort of lighthearted nemesis of the week is uh, having poor eyesight and the Jersey tributes uh, uh, for people. Cause on Saturday we had the Coatsy jerseys and then Sunday uh, the Pens did actually a really great job with a, a tribute to Chris Letang's uh, 1000th NHL game. Yeah, congrats to him. He's overcome a lot. Yeah, I think just a, a tremendous hockey player. You know, you love him or hate him, uh, do with that no, what no, you I'm will. But uh, I, he's, had- I, he's been a tremendous guy his whole career, a good guy. And we, we right. should mention, I'm sure this will be part of your nemesis, maybe not. Um, there was a guy who now has like 124 points against the orange and black. He's now tied with Mario. Uh, who is he? <laughs> I don't know. It's Sidney Crosby. Yeah, you know who you know. it is. He had two assists. 124 <laughs> yeah. assists, actually. But at any rate, uh, so both of those games, one of the teams during warmups had tribute jerseys on where they're all wearing the same <laughs> name and number. And when you're way up high, you can't tell what the line wow. rushes are <laughs> based on the jersey. So it's a little frustrating uh, and uh, but also funny at the same time and very appropriate that that teams do this sort of thing. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying for me personally, it is a nemesis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> The matchups coming up this week, the Blues, the Stars, and the Isles, you know, Blues are not playoff bound, so it'll be kind of two teams trying to figure some stuff They've out. They've been playing better lately, the though, stars. so they can't, if the Flyers want to actually win this game, they're going to have to do some things because the Blues are sort of like talking themselves into being a playoff team next year, so Craig Berube is trying to go out, you know, strong here. Yeah, uh, the Stars are fighting for that division title this year, so they have a lot of motivation. Yes. The Isles, I don't know where they'll be by the end of the week. Uh, yeah, but nobody knows. 
it's they're up and down uh, they just got shut out i believe they're gonna play for their playoff lives that's what they're gonna do yeah absolutely so uh they're also having power play problems without barzal around yeah no question about it i mean there are some fans that are like look look at our record without him but then it's like oh yeah wait no but you don't have him like <laughs> that is also bad yes. so uh yeah so it should be an interesting week ahead we will be talking about it on the show all week long wrapping up with our flyers fun thing uh gotta be the highlight of the weekend for me which was uh during the Coatsy tribute stuff they were showing clips from Coatsy's corner on saturday and lo and behold they bring up a cute uh interview that steve Coates did of a very tiny matthias samuelson of the buffalo sabers uh on the bench about wanting to become a pro hockey player and uh, wanting to play defense like dad, Shell Samuelson. And so you have like a five or six year old Matias up on the big board and all of the Sabres were kind of giving Matias a little bit of crap for it, uh, which was very cute. He was talking about it still in the locker room to his teammates post game, like Owen Power was next to him and, and they were laughing about it. I heard him mentioning it. Cause I was, we were interviewing like Alex Tuck and I heard him doing that. And uh, so it was, it was still being talked about and laughed about even post game. So that was great. Yeah, it was very, very cute. All right. That will do it for today's show. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll talk more about the matchup against the blues and do our phantoms check in to see uh, how they're doing as the playoff race continues as a reminder, we always want to hear from you. So send in your mailbag questions via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at LockdownFlyers at Gmail or comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen today. Now make your next listen, Game to Game NHL. It's every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NHL with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. It's on the Locked On NHL feed wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great day. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.